be looking at a familiar scripture here, coming from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, starting at verse 1, and we're going to run through verse 8, amen. Amen. When you, when you, when you turn there and, and you, you punch it up on your tablet and your phone, we'll go ahead and start reading this thing, amen. Amen. Sounds like we're almost there. Amen, God. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, starting at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one Amen. That's, that's, that's a good blessing there. Amen. Amen. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Amen. You can put Emma and James Smallwood in that one. Amen. As I was with them, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And the final verse here, verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Right. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. When, I, when my cousin reached out to me and asked would I be so kind to come down to the family reunion and say a few words about the Lord, she said that she felt led to talk about legacy. And I said, well, I felt equally led to talk about legacy. So our topic, if I was preaching this morning, if I were preaching this morning, our topic would be, who's next? Oh, that's amen below there. Who's next? Amen. We heard brilliantly read this morning from the scripture in Genesis about how God has used the principle of inheritance to execute his will throughout history. All right. Now you may say to yourself, what's the principle of inheritance? Well, let me explain to you real quick, real quick, all right? We are all here as family because we inherit certain common bonds from our matriarchs and our patriarchs. Amen. In other words, Big Mama and Big Pa. Amen. If you didn't understand what matriarchs and patriarchs are. And God has used this principle of inheritance in biology to pass down 
my height and skin tone and my body shape and structure and bones and, and facial hair. I get all of that from people who have who were born before me, my parents, amen. God uses the principle of inheritance, amen. This principle of passing down something to someone else throughout throughout biology to show us a biblical principle as well. Inheritance is theological as well. Amen. Amen. The sister who read this scripture in Genesis, I didn't know she was going to help me this morning, but I thank God she did. She was showing a major a major point in scripture where the, the where God's will for God's chosen people was decided by a birthright. Something being passed down as a legacy to a son from a father. Yes, Amen. Amen. Now, you may say, what is the significance of legacy? What is the significance of legacy? Well, we, we look in our scripture this morning, and we see that God has brought to Joshua a reality that he couldn't escape. Moses is dead. Now, Moses, you may say, well, what's the significance of him telling Joshua that Moses was dead? Moses was the leader of the Israelites. God commissioned Moses when he was an old man to go into Egypt to bring out the Israelites from bondage. Uh, You need to know Moses' track record. Moses was the one who got the staff of God that was a shepherd's staff he had been walking with and stood before the most powerful man in the world and told him what God said, let my people go. Moses then took this same staff and stood out in various parts of Egypt and brought down God's judgment on the most powerful man in the world. He told Pharaoh to let his people go. See, this same Moses then led the people through the wilderness for 40 years and did various signs and wonders in front of them. This Moses was the one who was up on Mount Sinai getting the word of God from God, the Ten Commandments, and brought it down to the people. This Moses was the one who parted the Red Sea when the Egyptians were behind him. You know who this Moses is. This Moses was the one who lifted up the the, the bronze snake in the wilderness when the people disobeyed and God struck them with vipers. You need to know who this Moses is. And God says, this Moses is dead. And then he comes to Joshua and looks at Joshua and says, now I want you to go lead my people. First piece of the first point I want to leave you with about a legacy is that legacies carry with them expectations. Legacies carry with them expectations. The first thing God did when he talked to Joshua was that he told Joshua what was expected of him. So often we go to God asking God for blessings, but we don't want to know all it is, church, what is expected of us. We want God to bless our finances. We want God to bless our families. We want God to bless our health. But we never come on our knees with a humble spirit and say, Lord, what do you need from me? God tells Joshua what is expected of him. And he tells him that I want you to go and lead these hard-headed, stubborn people in the wilderness. Now, now this wasn't some glamorous job that he was giving Joshua. This wasn't some job that people were clamoring for. See, if this was in the secular world or the popular world, we might hold an election and, 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 and see if we can determine the leader by popular vote. We might go and see who's liked the best and who has the most money and who looks the best and who looks best in a suit. Amen. Amen. We might do some of that stuff to figure out who the leader should be, but God said, I'm going to pick a man myself, and this man is you, Joshua. I want you to lead 
the people. Amen. Amen. Now Joshua was a younger man, a much younger man than Moses. So this may have been something that would have scared, scared Joshua to hear this. Uh-huh. Joshua said, well, I fought for Moses and I, le- I was led by Moses and I, I, I worked with Moses by his side as his aid. But now you're telling me, God, that you want me to lead and fill Moses' shoes? Those, those are big shoes you want me to fill. Those, those are some intimidating shoes that you want me to fill. Those, those shoes aren't fit for me. I, I don't know, God, if I can do this. But the beautiful thing about God and his legacies that he tells us is that in legacies, my second point is they equip us to carry out the expectations that God has for us. They equip us. The second point, they equip us. A legacy provides resources for those that carry the legacy forward. Oh, that's heavy there. Yeah. Some of us talking about we leaving something behind for our children when we really leave behind curses. Amen. Yeah. A legacy should equip and empower you to do the work yeah. that, it, that the legacy expects of you. Joshua received the blessing of God because God wanted Joshua to be successful in carrying on Moses' legacy. Now, what did God tell Moses? What did, I mean, sorry, what did God tell Joshua? God told Joshua about several things he had done for Moses. Amen. A legacy that provides re- doesn't provide resources for those that are to carry it forward. It isn't a legacy, but it's actually a burden. It's actually a burden. It's actually a burden. I, I want to say this. It's actually a burden. You've got to take the time if you're going to give somebody something to the next generation to make sure that they have what they need to take care of what you're leaving them behind. Amen. I'm 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 not going to splash in that water too much longer. Amen. I'm I'm going to get away from that. Amen. Amen. Good water. Amen. Amen. Legacies. Set forth expectations. They tell people what it is that God wants them to do or what the family needs them to do. Legacies equip us to carry out those expectations. Amen. And then finally, here's the part where we're going to spend some time. Amen. The third and final point. Legacies empower those that inherit them. Legacies empower those that inherit them. A legacy empowers us by reminding us of the success and accomplishments of those that came before us Amen. by God's grace yes. mm-hmm. and power. Yeah. God reminds Joshua of Moses' relationship with God to encourage Joshua. Yes. God says that as I was with Moses, so I am with you. So now that helps me figure out how Joshua got bold enough to do what God wanted him to do. He saw how God was with Moses when he struck down Egypt. He saw how God was with Moses when he led the people through the wilderness. So Joshua could stick his chest out and go do what God asked him to do because he said, I got an example of how you behave with Moses. I got an example of what track record with Moses. I got an example of what you've done with Moses. I can see how Moses was the one who, 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 who brought the plagues on Egypt. I can see how Moses was the one who stuck the staff out and crossed the Red Sea. I can see how Moses was the one who called manna from heaven and quelled the fetus in the wilderness. I got a God like that behind me. What can I do? Amen. The Bible says if God is for us, church, who can be against us? And some of y'all sitting there like y'all don't got them examples in your life. I can look back at James and Emma Smallwood raising 14 children out here, right too, not too far down here on the death road. I can look at the shots we, we our family came from. 
had. Yes, I can hear stories of my father talking about hauling water and feeding hogs. Yes, so when I go to my office and my job and sit down in my cubicle and I get that paycheck and I can put my degree in it. I seen Frank and Barbara Smallwood raise two boys in Morgan, Georgia. I see my father work by the sweat of his own brow to provide for his family with his own business. I marveled at his strength. I marveled at his power and his courage to face the challenge of every day. I marveled at it. And when someone tells me to do something at my job, even though what we do is totally unrelated, I can say that I can do the best job possible because my father raised me to do a good job. That's the legacy. My mother taught me what it was to know the Lord. She drug me to church every Sunday when the church doors were open. She made sure that me and my brother had a sense of who God was by, by going to church. And it was at one of those revivals that my mother took me to that I got saved. Amen. That's a blessing right there. I'm concluding now. Amen. If you get ordained, you have to preach 15 minutes longer. Amen. So thank God that I'm not ordained. Take your time. Now I want to make something clear. I'm gonna to try to step out of this preaching and this and this and this and this oration and get down in the mud with you. All right. You're gonna leave behind a legacy. Yes, you are. You're gonna leave behind a material legacy, and you're gonna leave behind a spiritual legacy. But as parents and would-be parents and future parents, it's up to you. Yeah. You. 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 What kind of leg? And you. Amen. What kind of legacy you leave behind? Will your legacy inspire people to drive from all across the country to come back to the home place and celebrate what you have done in their lives? Will your children be able to stand up in church and testify that they got saved at one of the revivals that you drug them to? Oh, I know I'm getting heavy now. Will you be able to testify with Proverbs 22 and 6 that you trained your child up in the way that he should go so that when he was old, he didn't soon depart from it? Are you only working them jobs and dropping them off at daycare and, and, and spending time and money on them just so that you can say that you left them more stuff? Matthew 6, 19 and 21 says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But if you're going to leave a great legacy behind, if you're going to deposit something in your child's life, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, oh, there it is, there it is, then your heart will be also. Amen. You might be working 40, 50, 60 hours a week to provide materially for your family. But guess what the Bible says? Moth and rust and vermin are going to break into that and destroy that. The best thing you can give your child is a legacy built on the word of God. You must let your child come to know who Jesus Christ is. See, I, 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 I tell you this story. I'll tell you this story. And, and, and I've told my dad this story. 
my dad bought us a car when we were in college. Amen. He bought us a car when we were in college. And that car took me across the country doing different things, and that was the car that I was blessed to have. That was a nice legacy. That was, a, that was something that empowered me to do the work that I had to go do professionally. But when that car tore up, and that car finally had ridden its last mile with me as its owner, the other things that my father had invested in me began to manifest themselves. I was able to go get my own car. I was able to work and keep a job and pay for my own car. Now I can pretty much go get any car I can, I can afford, amen? Because I learned that legacy of hard work and diligence and taking care of what I had. My dad always said this, take care of your stuff, amen? And my, and my dad and my mama would say, if you, if you want to have something, it takes something to have something. Amen? Now, they ain't no heavy theologians, but it's the truth, amen? It's, the word, it's, it's their word to me as their son to encourage me in owning my life. See, my dad and mom ain't, ain't the one paying my bills, but the things that they taught me, there it is, church, that's what's helping me pay my bills. Amen. That's called legacy. Amen. Amen. And see, this, this legacy of investing into your children spiritually, it is what produces fruits. It's what produces fruits. How many of, the, how many of us have testimonies of people in our family who's, who have gone astray? doing abominable things and we're just wondering what is it that, that, that got into you or didn't get into you is more appropriately the word did you teach them, did you preach to them, did you encourage them in the word, did they have a worship life did they go to church, did they study God's word did he have a personal relationship with God, as I heard growing up so many times in New Hope Baptist, Missionary Baptist Church over there in, in Morton, Georgia you've got to know Jesus Christ for yourself Amen. you've got to know Jesus Christ for yourself in the song of preparation, we heard that he is all, he provides all we need. Yes. That, that he is the one who provides what we need. See, we often spend our time as God's people chasing after what we need instead of chasing after the one who provides what we need. Oh, I'm saying that again because if I was on the TV, I'd spin around and run around the church. We spend time chasing after what it is that we need instead of chasing after the one who provides what we need. We might be familiar with this in, in worldly terms. We call that gold digging, amen? <laughs> Getting the milk for free, all of that, amen? Instead of us investing our lives into an intimate relationship with the one who can provide for all our, every, every one of our needs, we sit back and, 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 and try to scheme and scam and cheat and, and, and influence people unfairly to give us their stuff instead of going to the God who provided them with the stuff to begin with. All right, y'all look that quiet on me. I was in good water when I was talking about the family. I just got here and I got here and started preaching a little bit. Now y'all got quiet. I, I just want to I want to finish this thing up talking about one more nation. One more name. We talked about the Smallwood name this weekend. We talked about the Reddick name this weekend. We've talked about the McLean name this weekend. But I want to spend some time talking about the one name of the heaven that men have been given to find salvation in, and that's Jesus Christ. If you don't know what the gospel is, the gospel is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect and blameless life. Yes. And that he, that, he, that he was on earth ministering, casting out demons, opening the eyes of the blind, opening the ears of the deaf, casting out demons. And he, he was the one who went up on the cross and died for the sins of the world. Now, you know who's in the world? 
you. We all in the world. Yeah. And he died for me. Yes. He died for you. Yes. And you may be sitting back now talking about, well, I'm not prosperous. I'm not living the kind of life I want. Well, let me encourage you to get your spiritual life right. Yeah. See, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can deal with whatever comes your way. You can deal with financial hardship, family hardship, economic hardship, spiritual hardship, health hardship, family hardship, all kinds of hardships. You can deal with them. But until you know Jesus Christ, the man who was on the cross bleeding for you, God himself dying on the cross for you, until you know who he is, until you have invited him into your life for a personal, intimate relationship, you can't begin to get the unfathomable riches of what he has for you. He has a whole inheritance. He has a whole legacy that he's left behind for you. And he died so that you can have a right to claim it. I, 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 I want to really explain this point. My dad told me that no one can come out there and tell us what we can do on that land. It's all right now. Because we're small woods. I don't care. We've got, we, our last name gives us a claim to that, to that land. We can go out there and do whatever we want to. We can go raise pecan trees, hogs, farm, farm do whatever we want to do on that land. Because I have a claim to it. By being the last, having the last name Smallwood. Now Jesus Christ has given us a similar claim by the power of the Holy Spirit that abides in us. And I can have heaven because I have this claim, this title deed of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you may have the biggest house, and if you're young, you may go on to have the biggest, baddest career. But if you die without that promissory note, you will open your eyes in hell. As sure as I'm standing here. He died for you. His name is Jesus. And even though we have a great name, Smallwoods, Reddicks, and McLeans, there's one name that is above every name. And that name is Jesus. Legacies, they they set forth our expectations. God expects you to come to Him. Ultimately, your family needs from you to carry on the legacy that we've been blessed with. Legacies equip us. They give us what we need to do what God has asked us to do. Our family legacy gives us what we need to do what we're called to do. And finally, our legacies empower us. They give us the power, the strength, and the courage to go on and do what it is we need to do. If God didn't leave Emma and James Smallwood all those years ago raising those 14 kids, then I can trust in that same God that he won't leave or forsake them. God bless you, and my prayer is that he keeps you. Amen.